the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. In the first book of the Bible, God defined the family as husband, wife, and children. He gave us his infallible generational design for the family. Before the first child was born, however, sin entered God's perfect world, altering his divine order for the family then and now. Listen in as Pastor Rander ministers to us on what we must do to be restored to his perfect plan for our families. You'll want to take notes, so have Bible, pen, and paper handy. Exodus chapter 20 verse 7 says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. I want you to listen to this black bald-headed preacher, and I want you to listen well. We need to repent when we do not take God's name seriously. Every time you utter Jesus or God in your mouth, you better be so serious with that name. I want you to hear me well. His name is holy and must be reverenced. His name is so holy and high, it must be honored. His name is so holy, it must be given the highest respect. The highest respect. Say highest respect. Say it a little bit louder. Say it a little bit louder. His name must be given highest respect. You don't let nobody talk about your mama without getting disturbed. You want to fight? Just talk about my mama. That's right. You don't, don't talk about my mama. Listen, you, you ought to get right. They messing with the name of Jesus, and you just join in with it. Never use the Lord's name frivolously. Never use his name lightheartedly. Never use his name jokingly. Never use the Lord's name casually. You're watching television shows and movies that's blaspheming the name of God and you're laughing at it. They're just saying, I mean, they're all kinds of, just they put Jesus and everything, Lord have mercy and everything. I mean, they, they, they say they just anything, Jesus just, just whimsically, nonchalantly, casually, sarcastically using the name of God in vain and do not care. And you laugh at the things that break the heart of Almighty God when you ought to be weeping because the name of Jesus is being blasphemed. Oh, God. 
The way we use God's name conveys how we really feel about him. The way we use God's name conveys how we really feel about God. Those who love God and take their relationship with him seriously will be greatly offended. Not just offended, you ought to be greatly offended when his name is being dishonored. And we need to cry out to God for mercy and cry out to God for repentance and stop watching shows and sitcoms and reality shows. And we just see, and that means if you're going to do that, that's a whole lot of shows you're going to have to stop watching. Think about what you're laughing at. When you use God's name, do you mean it to the uttermost? And do you speak it with a heightened sense of reverential fear to the glory of God? Or do you landishly, outlandishly drag his name through the mud and think nothing of it? May we repent and cry out for the mercy of God. Number four, has there been a generous increase or decrease of financial giving to the Lord and his work through tithing? Has there been a generous increase or decrease of financial giving to the Lord and his work through tithing? Malachi chapter 3 verses 8 through 11a says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse, but you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that you will not, that there will not be room enough for you to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. In other words, I'll preserve you. When famine hits America, when things dry up, when the economy goes down, God will maintain and sustain your income. And should you lose your job, God takes care of you keeps the water on, keeps the light on, keep roof over your head, even without a job, because that job don't utterly take care of you. It is God who is your keeper. Somebody here, you've lost a job, and you've still been kept by the provision of Almighty God. When you, get, when you can give the tithe first without struggling, is a good indication that you are growing spiritually in the Lord. You know why some of you have problems giving to God? You give God the chump change after you've paid dillards and after you've paid the eating establishments, after you've gone to the movies, huh? And after you've washed your car and memberships, wash tubs and all this stuff, then you look at the pennies left over and then say, Lord, work a miracle. When you trust God, you give to him first from the top 
and God will bless everything down there after. Do I have a witness in here? God is able to rebuke the devourer. While everybody else is struggling, you still looking good. That's how come you not worried? Because my God is able. He is a sustainer. He's a provider. I treat him right, therefore he treats me right. You see, my friends, grudge givers who can't give joyfully to the Lord are selfish. Grudge givers who can't give joyfully to the Lord lack faith in God. It's a faith issue. Grudge givers, they are deceived by Satan into thinking that they will lack if they give to God. Or they will not have enough if they give to God. And God's word in Malachi 3 says, try me. You know what try me means? It means try me. In other words, God God is dead. I dare you to try me. In other words, you know what he's saying? Let me just break it down so you you really don't get a holy confusion. He is saying, put me to the test. And see if I won't do what I said I would do according to this word. Put me to the test if you think I don't know what I'm talking about. And God will blow your mind. Is somebody in here, you've seen God blow your mind. God bless you in ways you don't understand. And the only thing you can conclude is look at God. Pastor Rander's probing questions gives us much to fast and pray about regarding the family. We must be diligent in sustaining a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We must have assurance of our salvation. We must continuously pray for all families' growth in Christ. We must continuously pray for all families to be delivered from strongholds and addictions to reach our spiritual destiny in Christ. We can be delivered from tension, strife, and division and have unity, tranquility, and peace. It's amazing. It's astounding how widows in this church with fixed incomes consistently give far more than some married couples with two incomes who make far, who make far more financially. That's a shame when widows, that sister that stood up here last Sunday is a widow full of years and she talked about how her God is able. Isn't it amazing how a widow can come and have to teach you who making double incomes how to have faith in God? My God, help me, oh God. Help me in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something. If Maranatha has been a tremendous spiritual blessing to you, how many of you have been blessed by the ministry of this church? If Maranatha has been a tremendous spiritual blessing to you, you should have been at that meeting last Wednesday. We saw all kind of blessings. If Maranatha has been a tremendous spiritual blessing to you and your family, then you should sow financially back into the ministry of Maranatha. 
That's right. Acts chapter 20, verse 35b says, And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And so many in the church are guilty from taking from the ministry, eating from the ministry, enjoying the air condition of the ministry, the cushioned seats of the ministry, the praise and worship from the ministry, the word from the ministry. Your, your, your child is being blessed by the ministry. Your marriage is being made better by the ministry. This ministry is buried folk in your family and married folk in your family, and then you turn around and defer it to somewhere else. Number five, are you determined to surrender your finances to God? Passionately pursuing debt reduction, spending less, and saving more. That's a big one. You better write it down. Are you what? Determined to surrender your finances to whom? God. Passionately pursuing debt reduction. That's what all of us need to be doing. Reducing our debt. Don't expect the government to keep bailing you out. The government is in so much debt until they're going to be taking more from you. And a matter of fact, they've already begun. That's right. And let me tell you something. Excuse the English, but you ain't seen nothing yet. I told you and I'll tell you again, the government is not your friend. <laughs> You're going to find it out real fast if you haven't come to that conclusion. I'll tell you something else, too. The bank is not your friend. Whatever business we have with the bank, you need to, all of us, the church, everybody, need to be hurry up and reducing debt. You just, hey, they smiling, glad to have you, send you a little gift, a little card saying, appreciate your business, but just don't pay. Oh, I can't pay. I'm a little sorry. Oh, let me tell you something. They'll take everything back. And you locked out of this church, your house, your cars repossessed. They'll take it back. The bank is not your, they're only your friend as long as you pay and then pay on time. Won't y'all say amen? Don't look at me. I'm trying to help you. I want to tell you something, folk. You must be determined to surrender your finances to God. And you need to passionately pursue debt reduction, spending less and saving more. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 8 says, go to the ant, you sluggard. I know the Bible was written by God because we would call ourselves sluggards. We, we, we say, go to the ant, you nice folk. <laughs> but the Bible says, it, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Why? She's storing up so when, those, when the bad weather days come, they don't go out in the snow looking for food. It's already down there. They've been taking, that ant don't take a whole loaf of H-E-B bread down in that hole at one time. They pack one little crumb at a time. A crumb, a crumb, a crumb, a crumb, and all of a sudden, they have a, a whole loaf. And they can eat that loaf all during the winter. And when that loaf is about gone, here they come up in the spring, ready to gather for the next winter. Where's your savings? Some of y'all spend every dime you get. Money has a way of just burning your pocket. You say you're going to save, 
the first big sale, there you go. <laughs> now, I'm talking to somebody in here. I'm talking to a whole lot of women <laughs> and some men. <laughs> Won't y'all say amen? Yeah. Now, usually most marriages, you got a spender and a saver. One want to spend, doesn't say say, doesn't want to say, doesn't say let's spend. But it's bad. You got hell in the house when both of them are spenders. <laughs> oh, God. One cannot have financial freedom apart from putting your finances under the lordship of Jesus Christ, under his divine management. You, you, you'll not have freedom apart from exercising self-control. You need to manage yourself and tell yourself, no, I have a bigger objective. And stop, and stop buying and running everything that glitters. You trying to fulfill a, a, a goal. You got a purpose. You tired of living the way you living from paycheck to paycheck. Huh? Exercise yourself some self-control. That means denying yourself. You would deny yourself mean tell yourself no. Oh, I sure like that dress. Oh, I like that those set of golf clubs. Oh, I sure like that car, honey. I, I call it kind of sputting. I tell you what, you better take it down to Jack B. <laughs> Let him tweak and do a little something to it. And you drive on for another five years. Well, my transmission is going out. Maybe you need to keep the car, put another transmission in and drive on. A transmission replacement is cheaper than a whole car. That's right. Oh, God. Oh. Deny yourself when tempted to spend unnecessarily and not save more. When your husband say no, then hold back. He's responsible. That's right. And sometimes the wife will say no to the husband. Hold back. Listen to each other's counsel. You are each other's covering. You have each other's back. Nobody's trying to hurt you. We're trying to make a goal. We're trying to progress together. We can't have it our way and be successful. Look at, are y'all there? You have to humble yourself and listen. Say, honey, I sure want it, but you know, I know you're right. You, that's what we said three months ago. And let's stay with the plan. And don't you get mad and huff and puff because you forgot the commitment. Now you're walking around the house not speaking. Won't wash clothes. Won't even boil water. Get over yourself. Oh, God, I'm trying to help somebody. I know y'all, see, y'all got happy at Christmas, but the, due, the bills are coming due in January. Joy to the world, spin. The bills have come, depression. Joy to the world, and the bills have come. <laughs> Y'all finally caught it. <laughs> Number six. <sighs> oh, God. Are you regressing in your walk with the Lord or are you growing? Are you regressing in your walk with the Lord 
or are you growing? Are you regressing in your walk with the Lord or are you growing? 2 Peter 3, 19, 3, sorry, 2 Peter 3, 18a, 2 Peter 3, 18a says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's a big uh, admonition and a word of encouragement and instruction to us. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Lord does not want us regressing or being stagnant in our walk with the Lord, but rather he desires that we would grow. Say grow. grow. He desires that we would pursue Christian maturity. See, he don't want you immature and still a little baby right here whining over petty stuff. And he wants you to have an ever deepening knowledge in Christ. He wants you to deepen your knowledge in Christ. So the Lord desires that you would grow, pursue Christian maturity, and deepen your knowledge in Christ. You must put yourself in position to grow through personal Bible study. That's your own quiet time in your house, during your lunchtime, sitting on the couch somewhere, uh, that, un, uh, uh, that place where you have no distractions, studying the Word of God, personal Bible study in God's Word. You grow through conferences like we're going to have next Sunday and not be absent. That's Bible study that we have here. That's Sunday school that we have here. That's even going to Bible school, sitting in a class or going online. You go, go all kinds of ways. You can do all kinds, there are all kinds of opportunities to learn. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know why some folk don't grow? It's because they're not hungry. Because hungry folk eat. Hungry folk eat. That's why everybody can't stay at this church. And God only draws those who are supposed to be here because I'm not serving you dessert because I'm, I don't care about your feelings. Amen. Amen. I'm concerned about your soul. I'm not trying to make you feel good. I ain't a feel-good preacher. I'm not trying to tickle your fancy. And I'm sure not trying to be popular. You get mad at me, just get over it because I'm going to keep on preaching the word. This is the church that the Word of God built. You see, many fail to grow because they are not in position to eat God's Word at feeding time. <laughs> many fail to grow because they are not in position to eat God's Word at feeding time. You continually being absent from the table where the bread is being broken. You don't come to eat. You are absent when it's critical that you ought to be here and you give yourself these whimsical excuses to keep yourself from growing. And that's why people who are not growing have more issues. And let me tell you something else. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. People who are growing in the Word need less counseling. That's right. We have that new counseling conference coming. All of you have those pam pamphlets in your hand. Do you realize the Word of God is therapeutic? And if you're being infused with the Word of God, you don't need so many people counseling you. That's right. 
folk that need more counseling are folk who are not in position to eat, or if they're eating, they're not applying what they eat. I'm not through with y'all yet. Spiritual growth transcends numerical growth. There are a lot of folk get excited by big churches, thousands of members. Listen, you can get a crowd to a fight. You can play basketball and get a crowd. You can play a college bowl game and get a crowd. Huh? Some of y'all going to crowd out houses at these playoff games. Crowds don't impress God. You can, be, you can have a crowd but not be healthy. Spiritual growth transcends numerical growth. Growing in numbers numerically is good, but what is far better is that we grow healthy, that we grow in spiritual depth, that we grow in substance, and that we grow in vitality. I'd rather have 50 members who are growing than have 2,000 members who are not growing and you got all kind of hell in the house. That's right. You got more fights, more backstabbing, more bickering, more folk killing each other, assassinating, assassinating each other, character. I'd rather have 50 folk who are growing than I have 2,050 that are immature. You drive me to an early grave. You hard to pastor. Hard to pastor. Unbiblical folk are hard to pastor. And you, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. God is not stunned about your emotional hype. How high you sh- jump. And how high loud you holler. And, and you, amen, pastor. You got, I like amens. But if you're not going to do that after the amen, be quiet. God will never leave us or forsake us. Can we say that about the world in which we live today? God sustains us. When we are in need, is it the world that comes to our rescue? No. God and God alone rescues us. Can we depend on the world to lead us and guide us? No. If we walk each day with our Heavenly Father, we will answer our call to holiness every day. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 